0: Psalm 82, a Psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty, he judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly, and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy, rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good evening everyone. This is uh Kennard Levy Brown speaking. I'm your host uh for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. Sorry about that slight delay. Um usually I'm used to doing voice over IP over blog talk radio, but I'm doing the um I'm doing it over the phone today, so hopefully this will sound okay and hopefully they'll get this fixed. If not I'm gonna have to get me a, a microphone and get set up where I can do this, um It can sound a lot clearer. But anyway, what we're going to talk about today, uh, you can see the description of the program today. Uh, Did Jesus' death immediately eliminate the sacrifices and offerings? I know when I was a Catholic way, way, way back, I thought that, and I know that over 2 billion Christians, the majority of them are taught that, that Jesus' death immediately eliminated the sacrifices and offerings. But is this true? Well, you're going to find out that it's not. Um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, you can see that scripture there if you're following along with me. It says, think not that I am come to destroy the Torah or the, the law. Um, in Hebrew, law means Torah, which means his, his instructions, his way of life, or the prophets. Now, Moses was a prophet, and Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. So he's telling you in this simple statement here that he did not come to destroy any of the instructions of the Torah, and any of the things that the the prophets wrote, which includes Moses. So that means whatever Moses wrote, he did not come to destroy it. So let me repeat that two more times. Jesus is saying here in this scripture, and I haven't even read the, the, the whole one, the whole scripture yet, he stated that he did not come to destroy all the instructions of God, which includes what Moses wrote, because he says, or the prophets. So he didn't come to destroy what Moses wrote, or Moses. And destroying Moses would be wiping out everything he wrote under the inspiration of Yodavahi or God. So he states here, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. That simply means to complete our understanding of the Torah. Because he's saying here he didn't come to destroy the Torah. And yet, in Christianity today, um, they are taught that he came to to nail the law to the cross. And that is one of the most, deceptive teachings ever in the history I think of religion Uh, Colossians 2 verse 14 to 17 this is the scripture that they quote (coughs) blotting out the handwriting of ordinances so they immediately assume that word ordinances means all the instructions of God and it doesn't mean that ladies and gentlemen what it means uh, that Greek word koine Greek or Hebrew Greek because that's the kind of Greek that the apostles wrote in uh, it means dogma and dogmaid means opinions, conclusions um, that are against the doctors of Yodevahe. That's what it has to mean because you, you, we're calling Jesus a liar uh, if later on Paul wrote uh, that, oh, wait, the law is nailed to the cross, when it wasn't, okay? <laughs> so that's why Peter says in Second Peter chapter 3 about Paul's writings, and, and many people lack, the ability to understand his writings because they're unlearned and they don't understand Jewish history and Jewish background in the first century. Second uh, Peter, especially those who call, them ministers, call themselves ministers today. Second uh, Peter, chapter three, verse uh, fifteen says, "An account that the long suffering of our master's salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you." Verse sixteen, as also in all his epistles. Speaking them of things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they are unlearned and unstable. These and unstable people, they don't understand what was going on in the first century. They, they don't understand Shaul's or or uh, Rabbi Shaul's or um, Apostle Shaul's uh, Jewish background. And because of that, many people trip up on his epistles. They think the law is done away with, they think oh, all we got to do is is have grace and we we have a license to sin. Um they they don't fully understand what Paul meant about being having a thorn in his flesh. Uh they they don't understand that he never really outlawed women teaching men. He uh, outlawed women having authority over men teaching like they in authority. That's what he outlawed. Because in uh what is it? I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 5. He said women prophesy, that's, that's preaching, okay? So, but that's another that's another Bible study, but we got to be careful when we read Paul's epistles, and and um, I think I'm going to give a Bible study of that in the future. But let me get back to what I'm talking about today, in the little time I have left, eight minutes. And so he states here: Think not that I've come to destroy the Torah or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the Torah till all be fulfilled. That's in Matthew 5, verse 17 to 18. Now, it states here in Malachi 1, verse 11, from the rising of the sun, even until the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles, and in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering, a grain offering, and the grain offering is a part of the complete sacrificial system, for my name shall be great among the heathen, says the Master of hosts. So this is a prophecy from the Lord that states that the sacrifices and offerings will be uh, available in the future, will be enforced. Malachi 3, verse 1 to 4, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the master whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, says the master of hosts, but who may abide in the day of his coming, and who shall stand when he appear? This certainly is not talking about only his first coming, because people were still standing when he came. So this is certainly alluding to his second coming as well. For he is like a refiner's fire, like fuller's soap, and he shall sit as a refiner, purifier of silver, and shall purify the sons of Levi. All the sons of Levi were not purified in his first coming, but in the second coming they will be. And purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the master an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Yehuda and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord, as in the days of old, as in the former years. This certainly is not talking about the first century, because most of his people, be, uh, they rejected him, including many of the Pharisees. Some did accept him. A lot of them rejected him, as the first chapter of John reveals. Now, these are other scriptures you need to look at. I don't have time to go over to Isaiah 56, verse 1 to 7, which proves that people in the future will be coming to a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem that's outlined in Ezekiel chapter 40 to 48, and they will be giving offerings and sacrifices. Isaiah 66, verse 23 alludes to that when it states the fact that all of humanity uh, will be keeping the, the Shabbat and the new moons. If you understand the new moons, that mean, simply means that they will be going by God's calendar to keep the feasts, his feasts. Zechariah 14, verse 16, one of those feasts is the Feast of Tabernacles of Sukkot, and the whole world will be commanded to come to Jerusalem to celebrate. If not, then they will be cursed. Uh, Acts 2, verse 1 plainly reveals that all the apostles after Messiah's death and after he was resurrected and was, he went into heaven, they continued to participate in the sacrifices because they celebrated um, the Feast of uh, first fruits or Shavuot or the Feast of Weeks. And Numbers chapter 28, verse 26 to 31, reveals that sacrifices and offerings are involved in that. Paul, in Acts chapter 21, verse 23 to 26, Assisted those to complete who were completing a Nazarite vow, and he participated in the sacrifices and offerings. Um, and then Numbers chapter 6, verse 1 to 21 goes into detail about that. Now, I want to get to Hebrews 9, verse 13. If you have any other questions, feel free to email me at Kennard K, as in kite, E, as in elephant, two ends, as in Nancy ARD, at mercifulserviceofgod.com. And I'll be glad to send you information to help you understand that the sacrifices and offerings are not yet done away with. It will be in the future, and I'm going to explain that in a minute. But they currently are not. And there's a prophecy in Daniel chapter 12 that says the sacrifices and offerings will be uh, initiated again. It has to because if not, then we would not have a great tribulation. Um, Read Daniel chapter 12. It talks about the daily sacrifice. If you want to know what the daily sacrifice is, uh, go to Numbers chapter 28. Read the first few verses. All right, so Hebrews 9, verse 13. The reason why people don't understand the sacrifices and offerings are immediately done away with is because of this. They don't understand the purpose of the sacrifices and offerings. The sacrifices and offerings were never created to to take away sin, ultimately. Uh, Hebrews 9, verse 13. If the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctifying to the purifying of the flesh... That's all the physical sacrifices did. They, they purified the flesh, but it didn't purify your mind to stop sinning. And, and in Hebrews 10, verse 4, it says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Not possible. Not possible. There will come a time in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 to 4. Let me read that to you because I'm running out of time here. Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 4. It states here, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So Yeshua said when the heaven and earth, the current heaven and earth, when it passed away, that's when um, the, the, the Torah, some of it would be not applicable anymore. Well, there's no new heaven and new earth yet, so it still applies. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth would pass away, so that hasn't happened yet. But this is when it will happen, and there was no more seed. And I, and I, John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of God, from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride a door for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, "Behold, the tabernacle of YHWH is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them and be their God." And verse four of Revelation 21, and YHWH shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. So if there's no more death, then it won't be any physical sacrifices because physical sacrifices involve animals being killed okay so there will be no more death neither sorrow no crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things that pass away and so we haven't reached that point yet so as long as there are physical human beings on the earth and they want to appear before God when when his when his presence will be on the earth and the temple of God which will be rebuilt uh, when Messiah comes back then there will always be a need for the sacrifices and offerings, ladies and gentlemen, in Hebrews ten, verse fourteen to thirty-one, I don't have time to quote that right now. But it's talking about Yeshua being the ultimate sacrifice, uh, the ultimate simile. He's the ultimate every offering. All, all the offerings symbolized points of Messiah. But when it says that there's no more need for, let me um, quote that scripture here in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter ten, verse eighteen. When it states here now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. For God to forgive you, you have to repent of your sins. Um, and it states here in this passage of scripture in Hebrews ten verse fourteen and thirty one, if you don't repent of your sins, so not even Christ's sacrifice will wipe away your sins. All right. So that is a short synopsis of this. And if you want more information, if you if you want articles to help you understand this further. Please uh, contact me, Kinnard, Kennard K e n n a r d at mercifulserviceofgod dot com. Uh, you can also uh, friend me on Facebook. Type in Kinnard, Kennard K e n n a r d L e v i L as in laughter, E V as in Valentine, I Brown, and just friend requests me, and um, I can put you into uh, my Merciful Service of God group, and I have various teachings. All right, so may God bless and keep you. I hope you understand that uh, biblically. Uh, the sacrifices and offerings are not totally eliminated yet. They will be in the future. I hope you understand that the apostles still did it after he died. Paul did it. The only reason why they're not being done now is because there's no temple. But one day, all death will be eliminated. And if death is going to be eliminated, then there won't be a need for the sacrifices and offerings because all of humanity, repentant humanity at that time, will be immortal, and they'll have spiritual bodies. So may God bless you and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom peace malachi chapter four for behold the day cometh that shall burn as an oven and all the proud yea and all that do wickedly shall be stubble and the day that cometh shall burn them up saith the lord of hosts that it shall leave them neither root nor branch